the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. All the lines are open. one 367 If you want to take opportunity for this next hour and 40, uh, let's see your next 40 minutes and just talk. If you got a question, comment or observation, I'd be glad to hear you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. one 367 I really do enjoy uh, conversations with Nelson. He seems a bit more healthy now so we can uh, in- engage. Uh, I really do enjoy when you do have um, some background in, 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 in church history, uh, maybe some theology, certainly history in America, uh, which Nelson brings to the table and, and, and are very much uh, having your hand on the pulse of the dynamics that are going on in our world and really do want to run what's happening through a biblical prism, not a kind of party line prism, as you know. I'm just not going to succumb to that by way of even just being a nice and kind host. I'm not going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If, if there's a leaning in a direction that does not really correspond a kind of biblical worldview, I'm going to let you know uh, what, what I think about it. And only because I think so many Christians are deceived on so many levels. Like, uh, you know, my friend Nelson recognizes that there are ton of potholes in the road of the uh, uh, the uh, ultra right, especially and certainly the right uh, period. And that that would that would include a lot of my uh, brothers and sisters who are on the right in the right, you know, kind of, you know, championing even Trump with all of his crazy. Uh, I fully am aware of how that could be. It's underlying a right position uh, where we deal with a lot of moral, ethical uh, norms that have their origins in, in biblical truth. I completely uh, adhere to and, and agree with uh, a right platform politically uh, is 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 on a moral level and an ethical level uh, is biblical. Uh, the protection and promotion of life, abortion. Uh, the protection and promotion of a, um, a, a a biblical monogamous heterosexual marriage. That's biblical. A, uh, a, a, a protection of one's right to uh, to 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 worship freely and to not have to suffer consequences of it because the left or anybody else does not like our worldview. That's biblical. Uh and there would be many other things that on the right would have a biblical uh, endorsement behind it, for which I am in complete agreement, complete agreement. And then on the other hand, the left, where there are lots of Christians involved in uh, the political uh, agenda of the left that I still try to get. Uh, to be honest about the moral and ethical platform, which just seems to be taking a nosedive into uh, the abyss and yet call themselves Christian. 
Uh, when you just look at the platform, you go, how, how, how? And so they live with cognitive dissonance. They live with bifurcations that are just contradictions and, and things that just are cannot be reconciled on a, a rational, logical, coherent level. They just can't. They don't. Uh, and, and they don't have to in their world because in the world of the left, I mean, there's such a level of irrationality, particularly in the, the, the world of left religion that can easily abandon biblical truths, deny essential uh, uh, norms when it comes to what the gospel is, the explicit cl- claims of scripture concerning the person and work of Jesus Christ to try you God and all that is involved in a, a historic biblical testimony including the veracity of scripture. They can abandon all that and still call themselves Christians. They have a way of denying the word of God and at the same time appearing to affirm Jesus, loving Jesus. Well, when you can do that, then you can embrace anything like, you know, uh, all-inclusive gospel where everything's fair, everything's good, everything's right. It all works. No, it doesn't. Now, all roads may lead to Rome. And I can tell you, based on their theology, it does. But all roads don't lead to heaven. I can tell you that too. And that's a that's a hateful construct in their community. Because they don't they don't the only thing they want to exclude is a biblical worldview. It just they are inclusive of everything that moves. Even if it changes its identity three times a day, they're inclusive of it. Ecumenism, syncretism, this is a holistic globalism uh, without any kind of uh, legitimate discerning as to the good and bad of it. As long as it demolishes a biblical worldview with a with a biblical monotheistic uh, understanding of who God is in his person and in his work. Get rid of that. And that's the danger going on in your churches today. The hypocrisy of the left pretending to be in in allegiance to Jesus. Be careful of it because you're being swallowed up by, I talked about this on Sunday, to be honest with you, I talked about it because we're now seeing a kind of gay pride, gay pride. This is the advancement in language, isn't it? That has now moved to the forefront and is no more ashamed. God said concerning national Israel, when Israel was just the uh, object of abominable, detestable conduct in his eyes in the days of Ezekiel and in the days of Hosea and the days of Jeremiah, he said, Israel is like a harlot that has no shame. She commits her whoredoms publicly and on the mountaintops with every 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 whoremonger of the nations that would want to come into her and she has no shame she wipes her mouth and says i've done nothing i know that image is just is vivid but that's biblical image about how god detests apostate religion apostate christianity which is where we are today in our absolute bowing down to humanism at the expense of biblical truth. That's where you and I are. It's a wretched thing, wretched, wretched thing. And the power behind that momentum is the dark forces of Satan that allows men and women to be blinded until God gives them over to reprobation as described in Romans one. That's where you're going church. When you compromise the gospel, you have no power to overcome the momentum of this world 
as it slides down into the oblivion of Babylonian confusion, chaos, self-destruction, self-contradiction, and all of the torturous things that go along with a mind that's not rooted in God. It's where we are today. And it's, it's rising to the levels of politics. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the Christians on the right with, uh, you know, some some problems of their own historically with racism and other elements that I know true and honest believers uh, want to confess and acknowledge and deal with. I know that. I know that if they haven't now, they they know they're not right with it. If they uh, are somewhat sympathetic to their forefathers, they know that was atrociously wrong. The only answer is what our brothers over in Rwanda are dealing with uh, successfully. And that's forgiveness based upon confession and repentance and acknowledgement of rebellion and trespasses against not just your neighbor, but God. Reconciliation can be had by all the peoples in America all the way back to the, 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 you know, the, the slavery days that started uh, in Africa. It can be done, but it's only going to be done through Christ. It's not going to be done through human efforts. Uh, and it's not enough money to pay back. It just won't happen. Your reward is in heaven. When you know Jesus Christ, when you know his word, when you follow the principle of humility so that God can exalt you. That's where the reward is. It won't happen any other way. All we'll have from here on out until we are like the Rwandan uh, Tutsis and Hutus. Killing each other, verbally killing each other, rhetorically killing each other, politically killing each other, socially killing each other in so many different ways. That's what's going on in America because we have abandoned the truth of the gospel, which is able to reconcile God and God and man through Jesus Christ. Three lines open, one 888 Let me go to Ellen and San Mateo, line number one. Ellen and San Mateo, are you there? Um, yes, I am, Pastor Jesse. How are you? Well, Pastor Jesse, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired because I just dug a hole so I can go in it and hide because when I listen to you, I think, how could you have the, the nerve to talk after this man? You're so magnificent with words, and you always hit right on the important things. And, and I, I say amen to the caller who called and said, you feed us. I can't even. I can't even. But I'm going to be bold and go ahead and talk anyway. Now, I don't have the, the expertise that you have. or Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're clear enough. I have, I have. Well, this, I'm a little scared, Pastor Jesse, because I'm about to tread on thin ice. But I'm going to go ahead and pray that people listening will get let me get to the point. The way sure. you get to you kind of go around. Sure. Now, what you said is so important. I mean, all, the whole show, everything you say is so important. I just hang on every word, and we have to. But I'm going to I'm going to refer to a caller. If you think I can do that, sure. Okay. Now this is this is someone who. Um, has called your show. He called your show today. Now, this is a magnificent man of God. This is a, a steward well beyond what I can do, um, or am doing right now, I should say, um, for God. Mm-hmm. He, he apparently, what I learned from the Fourth of July show, he works with young men who've been in prison, or maybe I'm this is Nelson, maybe mm-hmm. miscategorizing it. But this is a magnificent man of God. Now, he has the experience to really be able to work with them in a way that people who haven't had that experience uh, can't understand. Right. So he, you know, so, uh, but I, I so I, I want to say that to start off now. I'm going to go back to the show for two seconds, and then I'm going to tie it all with a bow. Um, July 4th, you asked a question, 
what is freedom mean to you? Right. Now, I was all excited that day. I was very specific. I said, freedom for me has nothing to do, I like fireworks, I like hot dogs, etc. But it has nothing to do with the government, because that's tenuous. That can right. come and go. Sure can. Uh, freedoms from man or government, that, that changes with the wind. It changes with every administration. Meaningless. And so I said, for me, it's all about what Jesus did for us. That's where I get my freedom. That's where I get my life. That's where I get my breath. You name it. And so I was very excited. I was on fire that day. Now, Nelson, now this is, and this is not to criticize Nelson, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm trying to make a point, sure. because I'm guilty of it too, and it, it was very interesting. Nelson even called back, he heard something entirely different. He heard what I was saying is that somehow America is a bastion of freedom in the world. Right. But I wasn't even talking about America, and I certainly would never have said that. Right. Um, so... And so my point is not to say this is not a condemnation of, of, of Nelson, who's far better Christian than I. I mean, I aspire to be like Nelson. No, and you don't. No, you don't. I'm going to help you now because you, 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 you're double backing in a way that's two things. You can't do it and you shouldn't do it. I'm going to tell you why. Can I do that? Okay. Because I already know where you're going and I actually agree no, with no, you. No, I don't think you do. Okay, I, I think I do, but we're going to find out. And I'm not going to steal your thunder by telling you where you're going. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is that uh, what I love about the forum, and I, and, and I love the fact that we still have this freedom. This is why I love America. I mean, I just I love where we are because we can talk about these things. And one of the things that people who are closer to me uh, let me know, and it's not that I don't know, Ellen, but they do let me know how important uh, a radio program that has the ability to maintain the balance between the views so that it doesn't run into a kind of dead end through argumentation and, and useless debate. I don't let that happen. I know how to balance views that come from different perspectives and then try to center it in what I consider a much more biblical balance. That being said, I love to hear from people who have a slant against um, let's say the right and I love to hear people who have a slant against the left in fact uh, it was just last the last show that I have a, another common caller who called in and recommended a particular guy who would be problematic if I would even name his name now and it happens to be within the realm of politics he was advocating for him and Nelson came back in the erudite that he is and said hey look this dude got this problem that problem and the no, other well yes. this is my point yes he was fabulous nelson he, he 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 clarified that real fast now this is my point because i know nelson i wouldn't even really give him the freedom if i didn't know two things about him that when he sees uh the error he can say it uh and then when he's in a place where i think he's just being you know uh leaning to his proclivities i can challenge him i can correct him and he receives it because we've done 10 years now ellen of this back in the day he was always calling me challenging me but now we have a much more amiable relationship we both have grown and i i, I enjoy how he contributes just as i'm enjoying how you you contribute. I was totally in agreement with you when he made that observation. And I don't know if you know, I checked him on that. I told him, no, that was not the issue. And I'm glad you were able to be free enough to call back and to clarify that because that wasn't. Let me interrupt for one second because I I didn't call to get into an argument with Nelson. That's I I want to get off the 
subject in a minute because I want to use it as a springboard for just two seconds. I'll be very fast. I'm not as good as you are. So I was just using that because I'm the same way. I think what, what happened with Nelson is what, what uh, and nothing happened with him. He heard what he heard. But I think it's, there's something maybe there. He thought, oh, this white woman, she doesn't know. She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand what black people have gone through. I was raised by a black woman, by the way. That's there you go. The way. There you and go. So, um, you know, so, she does, so he heard something entirely different. Exactly. So that's the point. It has nothing to do with Nelson. He's a magnificent guy. I'd like to take him for lunch. Cause we're now, now Ellen, Ellen. All right, now wait a minute, but let me get, let me get to my point because I want to get away from, from there's no argument here. Okay, That's right. my point. We can't have arguments. We, I think in this country what you said was so magnificent about Rwanda, and I, I, I was just crying over that, yep. um, that story yep. because it, it's all about forgiveness. And yep. certain countries that don't have the freedoms yep. and all the stuff that we have in this country. Breaks our heart. Um, Breaks they heart. go right to Christ. They yep. go right to the core much yep. more easily. And I'm afraid in this country, we have too much stuff, too much time. We can't afford, Pastor Jesse, to be looking at each other and criticizing other Christians, whether it's in this forum or just generally. We have to not see, we have to, uh, too many people don't want to give up that they have their anger, they don't want to give it up, yep. their cause, whatever it is, yep. whether yep. in my case, well, I'm not going to go, I don't want to reveal what my case, but, <laughs> but we all have something. And, and in America, people, the bottom line is, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of uh, uh, blasphemous in a way, you, we have to give up our own agenda, our own personal causes, not to the point of not being involved with politics, and you know, I want to vote for the right person, all that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we have to, only see ourselves as Christians, yep. and yep. and that's where the focus has to be. And that means you have to relinquish that anger. Yep. Whether you're a woman who's been a, a raped or abused, whether you're a, a gay person, whether you're a black man yep. or a black woman, whatever it is, and so many people aren't. And the bottom line is that keeps cropping up because they don't want to let go of that anger. And we have to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Yep. And the way the Lord sees us, he doesn't see color. And I just get frustrated because I say, I, 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 so often people just make an assumption about who you are. Oh, well, okay, she doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. Whatever. Whoever. No, there's no time for this. There's an urgency. You're right. This country is going down the tubes. You know, uh, in this country, uh, you say Jesus. That's a dirty word. Yep, totally. It's a dirty word. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? After all these years, it's a dirty word. After all these years of his grace getting through, uh, getting us through this experience of a democratic republic, a, a Republican society, a representative republic with democratic frameworks. After all of these years, the cost is that Jesus is a dirty word. Um, listen, you did a good job. Here's what I want to say as a caveat. No, you didn't. You did a good job. I do have to take a break, but you did a good job. And here's the thing. Uh, we are all on a spectrum. There are a lot of people listening who were glad to hear what you said. There are a lot of people who are listening who are benefiting from my using the theological and philosophical ratchet to tighten up our capacity to see more clearly. I get that. And tightening up hurts a little bit because we are out of alignment. We are out of alignment. We've got to get into more alignment. And I'll keep doing that as that platform is given to me because I know that we are 
you know, we all have our predilections. We all have our bents. We all have our experiences. And if we are being sanctified through this program, then we will draw closer and closer to a more biblical approach. It will come out in an ultimate unity, but it will be through the process of a kind of dialogue like this. So you were you were doing the right thing. Nelson's doing the right thing. Authenticity requires us to be able to platform differences and then explain our differences and then try to reconcile what's good out of our differences. You got to have that. This shows the world that we are not so soft that we can't deal with complex issues. That's the reason why the world, in a lot of ways, don't want to have nothing to do with church. Church folk are too soft. I don't want them soft. We have to endure hardness as a good soldier. We have to be of a sound mind. We have to operate out of love and out of power and not fear. We have to know how to discuss and debate civically and rationally and logically and caringly without compromising. We have to do it among ourselves and we have to do it in the sight of the world. And you will find men and women who are tired of the world out there with those false categories ready to come into the kingdom when they find a space in the kingdom that's really willing to talk about it. One of our sins in the past, Ellen, has been that the church has not been prepared or equipped to really talk about it in a way without uh, what we call friendly fire and killing our own soldiers. And uh, that that has been bad for us. But you've established that sentiment. Thanks for the call. Taking a big break. Then we'll have one more section before we close out. All the lines are open. one 888 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time 648 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Got about 10, 12 minutes. You want to try to call? I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll proffer your call. I'll take it. I'll, I'll engage you for a few minutes uh, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Enjoyed our, to- our topic today. Really was trying to press home to us that the model for recovery from a kind of political brokenness, social brokenness, ideological brokenness, and spiritual brokenness will never happen politically. So what you see happening in terms of a grasping for power on the part of uh, people who are professing to know God um, is really the opposite of what Christ demonstrated in the Carmen Christi. Though he existed in the form of God, in the substance of God, essence of God, the nature of God, though he existed as God manifested uh, in the flesh, he made himself of no reputation. In other words, he did not grasp after the right uh, of equality with his father or the Holy Spirit so as to tell the world, look at me. It just was not what Christ did. Christ did not say, look at me. He uh he he veiled his glory, if you will, and, 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 and became humble, as the text said. We've dealt with that for four messages at Grace, three. And I would encourage you to get it because what Paul was dealing with in the church at Philippi was division beginning to occur. And he said that the remedy to division in the church is an unveiled Christ, an exalted Christ, the reigning Christ, a ruling Christ, and how he got there. We're talking the God-man, the anthropos. We're talking about the man who himself was that unique second Adam by virtue of the hypostases, the mystery of, of, of God assuming a human nature and living a humble life. So humble his life was that uh, it's still hard for people to see his glory. 
without the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit because he lived so humbly. He chose repeatedly the path of humility, where he was born, how he was born, to whom he was born, how he grew up, the obscurity of his childhood days, the obscurity of his bar mitzvah, the obscurity of his young adult life. And then when he was called to ministry, everything about Jesus was his father's business. And that's what got him in trouble because he had to affirm that he was the Messiah, Hashem, Moshiach. He was the one of whom all the scriptures had prophesied should come. And people didn't like what they saw. What they saw was humility. What they saw is what the Father wants from all of us to take on the humility of Christ because humility will access us to God's grace. Anything else will bar us out of God's grace. Let me put it this way. For us to act as if the most important thing in our life is our right, that's completely contrary to the gospel. And this is why I don't get involved with a lot of the politics that's taking place because its, it's premise is completely contrary to the word of God. Pride goes before fall, haughty spirit before destruction, and God resists the proud. He only gives grace to the humble. And throughout all of church history, the only people that are lauded in heaven are men and women who walk the humble path of a servant-like obedience and did not get trapped in the political harangues didn't mean that they didn't engage in politics. I mean, you know, Wilber Wilberforce did, but he did it in a way where it does not say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And my point to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that our problem is that we are too much wrapped up in ourselves and our churches and in our ministries at the expense of the gospel. And that's why people aren't really being saved. They're doing church, but they're not being saved. We are in a study in the Psalms, Psalm 91, a beautiful Christocentric psalm with radical application to the believers called a psalm of protection and promotion. You've heard it before. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That psalm starts off with a very radical promise on God's part that if you can find him, he will protect you at the level of bringing eternal rest to your soul in spite of verses three all the way through verse nine, where it speaks of evil and where it speaks of pestilences and where it speaks of uh, arrows and where it speaks of fowlers and where it speaks of snares and, and, and difficulties. God says you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid of all of the propaganda. You shall not be afraid of all of the warmongering. You shall not be afraid of all of the prognostications that talk about the fall of this world. You shall not be afraid if, in fact, you are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And that really does need looking at. And we dealt, that, dealt with that in the first week. And then we dealt in the second week with verse 2. I will say of the Lord. That he is my refuge and he is my fortress. He is my God. In him will I trust. Well, that doesn't look like what Christians do who are wrapped up in politics. They very seldom talk about God, if you'll know. On the left or the right. By the way, the right is compromising big time uh, as it's opening doors to same-sex uh, categories and homosexuality and lesbianism, particularly in the Republican Party. So there's your hypocrisy again. Um what I'm saying to you and I is that there is a tremendous promise in Psalm 91 that you really do want to know about. This is really a test of faith. Psalm 91 is a test of faith, whether or not your faith is anchored in Christ and is growing and developing and maturing in a way 
that you can say, I am able to rest in the middle of these storms that I go through. I mean, really, here, here's how it echoes. And I want to I want to encourage you to be there if you can to uh, on Wednesday at 11 o'clock at Grace. If you're not doing anything or you can watch us live stream. When the when the word is given in verse two, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Is that really the sentiment of your heart? And here is what the retort is by the author. Surely he shall deliver you. If you can say that the Lord is your refuge and your fortress and really mean it in him, you will be trusting us in the imperfect verb form means that that's what you do continually. You confess him continually and you trust him continually. The promise is surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. That's our study this Wednesday. The snare of the fowler. And the noisome pestilence. Now, what the author of the psalm says is the man or the woman who has found the secret place. Now, you can't find that God has to reveal that to you. It's God's safe house. God here is uh, uh, almighty God, El Shaddai. He is the one who takes us out of danger and puts us in safety into the secret place. That secret place is Christ. And you can't get into Christ on your own. God has to put you there. And once you're in Christ... Then you understand the rest that comes with being in Jesus and your mouth will open and you will declare, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God and him will I trust. And the retort is surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That's what we're going to unpack on Wednesday. There are a lot of snares out there. Snares here, snares there, snares everywhere. Snares here, snares there, snares everywhere, snares in politics, snares in religion, snares in entertainment, snares in education, snares on the job, snares in the in the home, snares in your heart, snares in your mind. The question I'm asking is, are you snared? Because if you're snared and you're a child of God, you're not walking in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. Now, we're going to identify the snares and demonstrate how that God will surely deliver us from the snare of the enemy when we put our trust in him, when we call him our God, when we acknowledge that he's our fortress and our hiding place. But if God is merely a means to an end for you, you're already snared and you don't know it. Now, there are all kinds of snares. There are addiction snares. There are snares of pride. There are snares of fear. There are snares of error, false doctrine, false teaching. There are all kinds of all kinds of snares that trap the people of God. They hold the people of God in bondage where you can't move. And they have been laid privately in ways you cannot see. That's the, that's the danger of a snare. It is a hidden danger. And like a bird wandering into the snare, lots of professing believers are trapped by things other than the goodness and glory and splendor and freedom of God in Christ. Snare. What are you snared by? What's got you right now keeping you from walking in the fullness of the joy of the Lord? What's got you distracted? What's got you held down? What's got you trapped? You're snared. By the cords of sin, by the cords of addiction, by the cords of fear, by the cords of pride, by the cords of selfishness. Well, come on out to the study and let's see what that's all about and how God promises to break the snare and set captives free 
and liberate us from all of these distractions that keep us from being able to enjoy fellowship and communion with the true and the living God and the the comfort of the shadow of the almighty as his wings spread over his little ones to protect them and provide for them and to promote them as they abide in him through these dark times. Well, that's my word for you today. I trust that uh, it means something to you. And again, I want to invite you out. Uh, Join us in five weeks of spectacular commitment to the glory of God in Christ as revealed in the Psalms. Until then, we're just going to, we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to live from day to day, walking in his mercy and his grace. You know, this is a day that has never, ever been before. You know that, right? And uh, we want to give God thanks for it. I do want to thank you for joining me for these two hours. Uh, Just glad to be here. Privileged, honored, honored. Um, Until next time, please, 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 as God give you the grace to make Jesus everything, he is all the world to me. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>